I think that's what I would want to say. Go tell it on the mountain to anyone who's listening, like in a hard season where you feel like I can't figure this out. I don't know how to get it right. I keep trying and it's not turning out the way I hoped. Like God sees the battle you're fighting. Yeah. And that's what he's focused on. Not that you're failing because you aren't. You're just fighting. Welcome to More Than Small Talk. We're Susie Eller, Jennifer Watson, and Holly Gerth, writers and real-life friends. We're inviting you to go deeper, become freer, and feel more connected. So imagine you have a cup of coffee, a mug of tea, or a green smoothie in your hand, and we're all hanging out in your favorite place together. More Than Small Talk friends, we're doing a series on the stories behind our favorite Christmas carols. At the start of each of these four episodes, you'll hear a clip of the carol and a story read by our lovely producer, Kara Culver. Go tell it on the mountain. History can't tell us who first sang the lines of Go Tell It on the Mountain, because the original author and lyricist was an enslaved African-American. The call and response praise songs that came from this terrible stage of our history are known as spirituals, spread orally from one plantation and farm to another. We do know much more about the people responsible for bringing this song to the rest of the world. In 1907, John Wesley Work Jr., compiled and edited a number of songs, including this one in his songbook. But the song was popularized decades before that by the original Fisk Jubilee Singers. The Jubilee Singers started out in 1871 as a brave little band of young people led by George White and Ella Shepard. Many of them were former slaves, and their mission was to raise money for their struggling university on a singing tour through the cities of the North. They began by performing only traditional hymns and classical arrangements to show their musical training, and their performances received a moderate amount of attention, but the journey was anything but easy. When their money ran out and they had to scrimp to get coats to protect themselves from the cold northern winter, they kept going. When they were met with threats and hostility and were turned away from hotel after hotel in Ohio because of the color of their skin, they kept going. When reviews derided their music and editorial cartoons depicted them as minstrel singers, they still kept going. At last, three days before Christmas, the tide turned. The choir had run out of funds when the most famous preacher of the day, Henry Ward Beecher, invited them to his church. They began to sing the songs of their hearts, the spirituals they'd learned from their parents during slavery days. And the congregation responded with tears and donations. Soon they went from struggling to successful to eventually famous, world famous, when their following tour of England had them appearing before nobility and even Queen Victoria herself. Their concerts were the first time most Americans were introduced to spirituals, including Go Tell It on the Mountain, a seasonal crowd favorite, so that the good news could truly spread over the hills and everywhere. This story is from the article Four Beloved Christmas Carols and the True Stories Behind Them, posted by Crosswalk.com. A link to the article will be posted in the show notes. I am still loving this series so much. And I think one thing that's really important is that when we understand uh, the story behind a song, it completely 
completely changes it for me. And to see the courage and the tenacity and the beauty of these singers who braved everything to share their message is powerful. Today we have a confession question, and it's this. The phrase from the article is really beautiful. They begin to sing the songs of their hearts. Now, so often we silence the songs of our hearts because we think we have to be something different or that no one will really want to hear. But what has God been doing in your heart that you want to go tell on the mountain or maybe on the podcast? <laughs> um, I, I think this is one of my favorites, um, the go tell it on the mountain, because they were trying to fit in. And met with such opposition. But then when they began to sing the songs of their hearts, people felt it. And I think that whenever we speak from an honest place, what I want to tell on the mountain is Jesus wants to use you in your real and your raw moments, um, your struggles and the cry, um, because the old spirituals really were sung in desperate situations and they were beautiful because they were singing about freedom they didn't know. So I would just shout from the mountain, there's so much freedom, even when you feel stuck in life. Yeah. So this is a hard question for me because God's been doing so much in my heart. He's been shaking me up. <laughs> um, God's been opening my eyes to all the barriers that we put between ourselves and others. I see the barriers that these singers had to overcome. And we know that we know because history tells us that even as one barrier was removed, they met another. Mm -hmm. And these were big barriers and these were unjust barriers. I don't want to be a barrier creator in the life of another person. Mm -hmm. Man, I just don't. And in order for me, to not do that, I need to know somebody else's story. Yeah. I need to know their experience. I need to shut up and listen to what they're trying to say and where that message came from. And so I'm in a place where, <laughs> you know, that I want to say it on the mountain. God, if you're shaking me up, shake me hard. Like shake me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Shake away anything that is on me that has been put on me that is a teaching that doesn't reflect you. Shake off anything that I might inadvertently or ignorantly cause to be a barrier for someone that they feel that they have to climb over my barrier to get to you. So like I know that's a lot, but I always want to be honest. I'm just in a place of like shaking, mm -hmm. but it's a good shaking. It's an earthquake shaking, <laughs> faith quake shaking. Mm -hmm. That's good. I think I've been through a season of challenge lately and I got to go to the beach recently and was there on my birthday actually. And I got up early on my birthday and was walking along the beach at sunrise, watching the sun come up and just praying through <clears throat> some things, looking back over the last year and thinking, I wish I had done that differently. I wish I had said that differently. I wish I could have a do over. Like 
Mm. I made this mistake. And just saying like, God, I'm sorry. And, you know, I felt like just when you hear that whisper that isn't audible, but it's so clear. Yeah. And I felt like he just whispered to my heart. I saw the battle you were fighting. Yeah. And like I hadn't even that hadn't even occurred to me that like when I was fighting a battle, like in the midst of all that. And yeah, the enemy got a few blows in. But ultimately, I prevailed, you yes. know, and like that was such a gift of grace to my heart. And yeah. so I think that's what I would want to say. Go tell it on the mountain to anyone who's listening, like in a hard season where you feel like I can't figure this out. I don't know how to get it right. I keep trying and it's not turning out the way I hoped. Like God sees the battle you're fighting. Yeah. And. That's what he's focused on, not that you're failing because you aren't. You're just fighting and fighting is hard and exhausting and you're going to get wounded and it's messy and imperfect and there's no right Mm -hmm. way. But you are going to prevail because God is ultimately the one who's going to win that battle for you. And so that is something I keep going back to. And just saying, you know, God sees the battles that we're fighting and he is fighting for us too. Yeah. Hi, friends. If you have ever felt stuck and that you're never going to make it to your breakthrough, I want you to know that that is possible. In my book, Freedom, I talk about how burnout and breakthrough, we stop so quickly before we're at our moment. And I just want you to know that the Holy Spirit will always be greater and more powerful than anything that has ever tried and failed to break you. You can find my book at online distributors or on my website, jenniferanawatson.com. You know, it's funny because we had no idea what would happen with this series. So far, it's brought a lot of tears. Yeah, surprisingly. <laughs> yeah. I didn't expect to cry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, from all of us, it's mm. brought tears. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Mm-mm. I think that when we feel, you know, as someone who has wrestled with depression, the worst part about that was the numbness that I felt that I couldn't feel. So anytime that there's emotion, even if it's hard and I don't want to feel it and I don't want to feel it in front of people or it's spilling <laughs> out my eyes, I just thank God for that I can feel deeply and respond in a different way to see others or to see God in those moments. And yeah. so I feel like even though our voices probably sound really jacked because we're all <laughs> getting over sickness and but the but the tears just I don't know they're I think they're songs of survival and thinking about um goodness I'm gonna cry some more but just thinking <laughs> about these gifted people trying to promote and fund the university that were they were in and classically trained but then when they shifted into that surrender and the songs that were the most familiar to them. That's what people need more than anything is just the messy crying out. God's still here. And I want to just shout about it, even in the mess, even in the struggle, even in the fighting, like Holly talked about, that we're we're fighting. We're not losing. We're not 
messing everything up. We're in a battle and God sees us there. Yeah. I hear such messages of grace in all of this. And maybe, you know, tell it on the mountain. That means you're, you're where everybody can see, mm-hmm. where people can hear you. And I know I need that. I know that in all the messages that I hear, maybe the, the true messages that we can shout from the mountain in this season mm-hmm. is there is grace for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there is grace for you. And your tears are okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. What do you think makes it hard to, like they started out singing what they thought people wanted. And I think we can do that. We can try to be who people want us to be or say what we think we're supposed to say and not share what's really in our heart. So Mm -hmm. what do you think that's about? What makes it hard and what helps us be brave? I think the fear of rejection is why we pull back or water ourselves down. Because we feel like if we were just fully ourselves, that maybe they might not like it. So if we water ourselves down a little bit and look into the the crowd or where wherever we're at in life, um, looking at our people or whatever our organizations or circles are or our churches and say, will you like this version of me? Yeah. The put together one but she's fake (laughs) (laughs) or do you want to see real? Because I think that we're going to connect a lot more when we are vulnerable and we are messy and we say, Hey, you feel like a wreck? Me too. You know, let's be a wreck together and see what God wants to do with it. Yeah. Well, I know that anytime that I have stepped, well, I try to be authentic. I mean, I really do. I try to be authentic in all that I do. I very much want that. But when I'm vulnerable, which is paired with authenticity, I open myself up for attack Mm. and spiritual. (laughs) I I open up myself for people who are going to disagree. And that's really hard. So if I'm if I'm 100 percent honest and I always want to be to be authentic is not a problem for me to be vulnerable publicly on that mountain. That's harder. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I remember standing backstage at the biggest speaking event I'd ever done and I was got so nervous. I looked out and it was like 8,000 women and yeah. I was like, what am I doing here? Yeah. And how am I going to pull this off? And again, it was it sounds like this happens to me a lot. It actually doesn't, but it was another one of those moments where I just felt a whisper in my heart and I felt like God said, you're not here to impress them. You're here no. to bless them. No. And I realized, like, I was thinking about me. What are these people going to think of me? Like, how am I going to come across? Am I going to meet expectations? And that one sentence, you're not here to impress them. You're here to bless them, shifted my focus. Be like, oh, that's right. I'm here to serve. Like, it's not about me. It's about them. And I took a deep breath and went out and was fine and resonated. But I still say that to myself a lot. Like, when I think, okay, like, I need to impress someone or, you know, meet expectations. For me, it's usually I'm trying to meet some expectation. If I pause and say, no, that's not why I'm here. I'm just here to serve. Yeah. Then that changes everything. Yeah. You know, I one thing I know about our Savior is that the one is as important to him as the million. And so that's been really helpful for me, whether I am sitting with a sister in a coffee shop 
or I'm standing in front of a crowd of thousands. All of them are important to God. Like, and it it kind of removes the pressure for me, Holly. And I also anticipate that if I'm vulnerable, there's going to be some kickback. I mean, if I anticipate it, it doesn't blindside me. The other day I shared something in my Facebook ministry page, and, and this hadn't happened in a long time, but someone really took offense. And then, you know, this is how we do on social media is all these people who wanted to be really loyal to Susie started like ganging up on her. Like, why? Why would you say that? Susie's this, Susie's that. And, and I was like, well, wait a minute. What she's saying right now? is coming from a place in her own life. And the best thing I can do right now is listen. No, I didn't intend to harm her heart. Their heart is harmed. So tell me, and that's why I told her, I said, tell me, sis, what's going on? What did I say that landed in your heart in that way? Because I would never want to do that to you. And so help me, help me see. Help me understand. And she did. And it wasn't pleasant. And yet, at the end of it, I just thought I got to hear another sister's story. And she taught me something. Mm -hmm. You know, I had come in it. I was sharing from my heart, from a healing that God had done. And she was like, how dare you say that God can heal you in that way? For those of us who are not healed, that is this and this and this. Mm -hmm. And she was speaking from a place of hurt. You know, so that's, that's what I want to do is I don't, if I'm vulnerable and there's kickback from it, I want to remain vulnerable, but I also want to see her vulnerability in that moment too, so that we can have a conversation. I don't know if any of that made sense, but it's, it's where we're at. Mm -hmm. I think it's the other part of it. Like go tell it on the mountain, but also go listen on the mountain. (laughs) (laughs) Because other people are telling it on the mountain too. Yeah. And so often we only think about what we want to say. Yeah. Or what we want to communicate. And so I would say, go listen on the mountain Mm. over the hills and everywhere. Yeah. Because Jesus Christ is born. Like that's what he's called us into is go tell it, but go hear it. Go listen. Mm. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So vulnerability for me is a gift. But it does come with a price. And so that that's just something that I know going in. And I'm also careful where I'm vulnerable. You know, yeah. I'll just yeah. put that out there. Like, yeah. you're not going to get me at the produce section vulnerable, <laughs> you know, with strangers. Or you might. I don't know. <laughs> so let's just wrap this up, um, this beautiful story. This is your favorite song, right? Um, uh, ain't no mountain high enough. Oh, I knew it was a mountain, a, a mountain related song. <laughs> yes, yeah. but Sorry. this is a cousin to that. So thank you for remembering. Okay. This well, is this is the Christmas the version of that. <laughs> I love that. Well, as we wrap this up, I just I I feel very strongly, um, and maybe Jennifer, you would feel comfortable doing this. There is someone out there who's listening, who wants very much to be vulnerable, to share that message that God has on our heart, whether that's with a loved one, a friend, or in a different way. Could we pray for her today? Absolutely. Lord, we just come to you, to the woman who feels like she has to water herself down to fit in, that she always walks into a room wondering if she's enough or if she's going to be accepted and loved for who she is. 
Lord, I just pray that you would speak her worth and value in you. Um, Just speak that over her, bring her peace and remind her that who she is is exactly who you have created for right now in her life and that she doesn't have to be afraid to be fully invested in the others around her who are safe to her, that in those moments of being vulnerable and learning confidence in Christ, she will walk out her faith in new ways in new moments of her life and take back that strength that is God-given and just for her. In your precious name I pray, amen. And that's it for today's episode. Thanks for going deeper, becoming freer, and connecting with us. More Than Small Talk is a part of the KLRC Podcast Network and is produced by Kara Culver. Show notes and resources are available on the More Than Small Talk page on klrc.com. You can also join us in our Facebook group. Subscribe to More Than Small Talk on your favorite app so you won't ever miss an episode.